Hey, spooky listeners, welcome back to another episode of Spooky Luna's podcast, and I am your host, psychic medium, paranormal investigator, Luna. So sit back, grab your blanket, and let's get strange and unusual. Hey guys, and welcome back to Spooky Luna's podcast. I forget what episode this is, but that's okay. I think this is episode three or four. I'm not sure. It's been a long day. What are you going to do? So this will be a very interesting episode. This is going to be about skinwalkers. I know, crazy, right? Crazy, crazy skinwalkers. I actually don't know that much about skinwalkers in general. (laughs) I do know they're paranormal. I've seen like Skinwalker Ranch and stuff like that. I do know you know, all about that. I know some of the history. I do know it's Native American. Um, So we're going to kind of learn a little bit about this today. And like I've said in my previous podcasts before, I want to start doing more things than besides hauntings, like quote unquote spirits and things like that, because that's what I usually talk about. And I want to go into detail about the paranormal that people don't talk about, the, the paranormal that is said to be real, said to be true. Uh, people swear by it, people seen it, you know, things like that. So I definitely think skinwalkers are paranormal for sure. And I'm just going to say from what I do know that they're very scary. Um, are they real? I don't know. Cause I've never been up against one before. I've never been in an area. So if you guys don't know, um, my name is Luna. I am a psychic medium, paranormal investigator. You can find me at lunaparanormal.com. That's L U N a paranormal.com. Uh, for any bookings, I also have a blog as well as a TikTok. Um, I do paranormal investigate, um, from time to time. And, um, yeah, so I've never been, in an area where a skinwalker is. So I've never been able to energetically pick up on it or if I would even pick up on it. And I, I don't know, I guess I would consider a skinwalker an elemental question mark because I don't really know. I mean, do they stem from just nature? I, I have no idea. So we're going to learn about this today together. And I did post a TikTok a few weeks ago asking for your guys's help and ideas on what stuff you guys want to hear in this season of the podcast. And there were two people that mentioned skinwalkers and that's Don Kirk the second, um, his, um, TikTok username is big guy whim N one. So that's B I G G U Y W I M N one and just underscore me underscore Rick. So I want to say thank you to the both of you for mentioning skinwalkers because I would have to say this one is probably one of the most popular ones I got. Um, yeah. So you guys really want to know about it. Um, listen, so I'm going to go into this episode understanding that this has to do with history of native Americans and there is some language, um, and that is used, uh, from the native Americans themselves. If I mispronounce something, please don't get upset with me. I'm doing my best and trying to respectfully speak the language. And if it is wrong, I apologize, but I am just doing the best that I can. So just, you know, maybe a trigger warning that, uh, super white girls trying to like pronounce native American, um, you know, um, words and I can't. So, uh, just know that I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Um, absolutely not. Okay. So we are going to go into what is a skinwalker? 
All right. It, it is uh, Navajo culture, uh, skinwalker, and they call it, and I apologize, Yinal Dulhi, Dulshi, is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. The term is never used for healers. Okay. They're a type of witch. Interesting. So they shapeshift. What? Okay. Interesting. So the background of uh, skinwalkers. Um, in the Navajo language, yinal dulshi translates to by means of it, it goes on all fours. While perhaps the most common variety seen in horror fiction by non-Navajo people, the skinwalker is one of the several varieties of skinwalkers in Navajo culture. Specifically, they are a type of, I don't know what they call it, anti-skinwalker. Navajo witches, including skinwalkers, represent the uh, antithesis of Navajo culture values. While community healers and cultural workers are known as medicine men and women or by other positive nurturing items in the local indigenous language, witches are seen as evil, performing twisted ceremonies and manipulating magic in a perversion of the good works medicine people traditionally perform. In order to practice their good works, traditional healers learn about both good excuse me, good and evil magic. Most can handle the responsibility, but some people can become corrupt, corrupt and choose to become witches. Interesting, interesting, interesting. The legend of the skinwalker is not well understood outside of Navajo culture, both due to reluctance to discuss the subject with outsiders, as well as those from outside the culture lacking and lacking the lived experience native common um commentators feel is needed to understand the lore traditional navajo people are reluctant to reveal skinwalker lore and non-navajos or to discuss it all among those they do not trust so there's a lady named adrian keen she's from cherokee nation activist and founder of the blog, blah, 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 if you guys want to find her, Native Appropriations, has written in response to non-Navajo incorporating the legend into their writings, and specifically the impact when J.K. Rowling did so when this, w when this is done. We as Native people are now opened up to a, bar a barrage of questions about these beliefs and traditions, but these are not things that need or should be discussed by outsiders at all. I'm sorry if that seems unfair, but that's how the cultures survive. So this is interesting. So uh, Native Americans, specifically the Navajo, have said that they don't want outsiders like myself or you guys, is if you're not Native, to understand skinwalkers or their culture or where they come from or, or anything. And maybe that's why we don't know enough about them. Maybe that's why I've never really heard a lot. And, you know, to be honest, we do have to respect that. Unfortunately, I'm not respecting that by making this podcast. I just found out about it. So if I knew about that, I probably wouldn't have done the Skinwalker podcast. So anybody who is um, Navajo, I do apologize. This was just based strictly on educational purposes. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to read what... Um, what is here so hopefully it doesn't disrespect anybody 
So the legend of the skinwalker. Animals associated with witchcraft usually include tricksters such as coyotes. However, it may include other creatures, usually those associated with death or bad omens. They might also possess living animals or people and walk around in their bodies. Okay? I've heard that before. Skinwalkers may be male or female. Okay, so not gender specific. Skinwalker stories told among Navajo children may be complete life and death struggles that end in their either skinwalker or Navajo killing the other, or partial encounter stories that end in a stalemate. Encounter stories may be compassed as Navajo victory stories with the skinwalkers approaching a Hogan and being scared away. A Hogan is a primary traditional dwelling of Navajo people. It's just a structure, like a home or a housing. Um, Non-native interpretations of skinwalker stories typically take the form of partial encounter stories on the road, where the protagonist is temporarily vulnerable, but then escapes from the skinwalker in a way not traditionally seen in Navajo stories. Sometimes Navajo children take European folk stories and substitute skinwalkers for generic killers like um, the hook. The hookman is an urban legend about a killer with a pirate-like hook for a hand attacking a couple in a car parked. In many versions of the story, the killer is typically portrayed as a faceless, silhouetted old man wearing a raincoat, a rain hat, and conceals most of his features. What? I might have to do a whole story on the hookman. What is going on? I'm like learning so much right now. This is so cool. So... That is all it says about skinwalkers on Wikipedia. And it is not that much at all. So I'm telling you from what Wikipedia knows, it's about this much. And I'm holding up a zero. So they only know like basically hearsay. And I don't even know if this is even hearsay. It's crazy. So I think most of us will know um, Skinwalker Ranch. And it has become the epitome of paranormal activity. And this place is, they see UFOs, cattle ends up dying mysteriously, their guts end up gone, barely any blood, like baby animals, you know, that shouldn't be dead. And, you know, they say, I mean, some of the stories are do not dig on Skinwalker Ranch. And there's been many people warning them not to do it. And one guy did dig on Skinwalker Ranch and he ended up in the hospital with brain swelling because he dug in two days before. Coincidence? I don't know. But I know that anytime anybody's ever dug on this land to figure out more, it's just been awful. So I'm going to read a little bit about, not a little bit, a lot, because I want to know about Skinwalker Ranch. But if you guys haven't seen the documentary, you can go on Discovery Plus. Uh, Not sponsored, but if Discovery Plus wants to sponsor me, (laughs) um, you know, you guys can go type in Skinwalker Ranch. And they're also on Hulu, too. So you can do that. So Hulu, feel free to sponsor. Um, So some have called it the supernatural place. Others have deemed it cursed. Terry Sherman got so spooked by the happenings on his new cattle ranch that 18 months after moving his family of four onto the property now known by many as Skinwalker Ranch in southeastern Utah, he sold the 502-acre parcel away. 512 acres. Sorry, I said two. 512-acre parcel away. What? That's so crazy. 
He and his wife Gwen shared their chilling experiences with a local reporter in June of 1996. They'd seen mysterious crop circles, the Sherman said, and UFOs, and the, and the systematic and repeated um, mutilation of their cattle, mutilation, sorry, mutilation of their cattle in an oddly sur surgical and bloodless manner. Within three months of the story's publication, Las Vegas real estate um, magnate and UFO enthusiast Robert Bigelow bought the property for $200,000. That's crazy. I mean, like, I feel like $200,000 is kind of cheap because if you see how many times this, this property is on shows and stuff, I'm sure it makes bank but then again nobody really wants to step foot on it and actually it's almost impossible to because it's like a fortress they have guards like gunmen like standing around like it's crazy like if anybody hears this podcast don't sneak onto skinwalker ranch because you're probably not going to leave with your life i'm just saying that and it's not from either the paranormal it's from the humans guarding it because there are literally like armed guards and skinwalker ranch everywhere under the name of the National Institution for Discovery Science, Bigelow set up around-the-clock surveillance of the ranch. See, I just like I just said, hoping to get to the bottom of the paranormal claims. But while the surveillance yielded a book, Haunt for the Skinwalker, science confronts the unexplained at the remote in Utah, in which several of the researchers claimed to have seen paranormal activity. They were unable to capture any meaningful physical evidence supporting the Sherman's credible stories. Hmm... The ranch was sold to Adam Adam Real Estate, which has been since applied to trademark and the name Skinwalker Ranch. Had the Shermans been lying about what they saw or under the spell of a collective delusion? Without evidence, the stories uh, they told are difficult to believe, but they're hardly unique. The Uniton Basin of eastern Utah has been such a hotbed of paranormal sightings over the years that some extraterrestrial enthusiasts have deemed it UFO Alley. Excuse me. You can't throw a rock in southern Utah without hitting some somebody who's been abducted. That's so funny. I didn't realize Utah was like... I didn't realize that. I don't know why I haven't made a connection with the two. Uh, according to the hunt of the skinwalker, odd objects have been spotted overhead since the first European explorers arrived in 1776. Franciscan missionary Silvestre Velez de Escalante wrote about strange fireballs appearing over his campfire in El Rey. And before the Europeans, of course, indigenous people occupied the Unit Unitan Unita Basin, today Skinwalker Ranch. Um, abutes to the Unitaw and um, Auray Indian Reservation of the Ute Tribe. I'm sorry if I butchered any of that. Um, were the Sherman seeing things that nearby Native Americans had taken note of for centuries before? Question mark. Not everything the Sherman saw on their ranch was skyborne UFOs. They also claimed to see mysterious large animals, most notably a wolf three times the size of a normal wolf that Terry shot a cl at close range multiple times with a rifle to seemingly have no effect. Then on the night of March 12, 1997, after the ranch had been sold off, uh, biochemist Colm Keller, working with Bigelow's National Institute for Discovery Science, claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from the tree. He has detailed the hunt of the skinwalker. The creature was approximately 50 yards away, watching the team safely from a tree perched 20 feet off the ground. What? 
The large creature that lay motionless, almost casually in the tree, said Keller, the only indication of the beast's presence was the, was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fix, fixedly back into the light. After Keller fired at the creature with a rifle, it disappeared. Um, it was then that I saw it, a single obvious oval, tra oval track about six inches in diameter embedded deeply in the patch of snow. It looked unusual, a single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey, maybe a rapture print, but huge and from the depth of the print from a very heavy creature. What? Repeated sightings of human-like creatures have led um, some to invoke the name Skinwalker, a shape-shifting character from Navajo tribal folk folklore. Among the Navajo Skinwalkers are, like werewolves, evil witches who can transform themselves into creatures of their choosing. But Sherman's family ranch was 400 miles north of the Navajo Nation. It was next to the Ute Territory, and when the Utes and the Navajos did cross paths, it was um, an acronymous relationship. Um, explains historians Sandra Jones, author of Being and Becoming Ute. It was not friendly, Jones says. The Navajo were more aggressive people. They took slaves. They had Ute slaves. And there was direct conflict when the Navajo attempted to move up into Ute territory at modern-day Pagosa Springs in Durango. Well, that's not very nice, Navajo. <laughs> well... They don't sound like very nice people. I'm sure they are now, but back then. While skinwalkers don't feature in Ute religion, there are still aspects of the ranch that make sense within the context of Ute lore. Other strange sightings have occurred directly next door at uh, Bottle Hollow, a 420-acre man-made reservoir in Ute land abutting um, ab the ranch, which was filled with fresh water in 1970 by federal government mandate. In 98, a police officer saw a large plunge into the reservoir and then reemerged flying off into the night sky. One night in 2022, four young non-Indian men standing on the reservoir shoreline saw a blue-white ball enter the artificial lake. According to the hunt of the skinwalker, the glowing ball dove into the water just a few feet from the shore, then emerged seconds later in a new form, a shimmering man maneuverable belt-shaped shaft of light. After performing a brief withering aerial dance, the belt of light zipped away at a high rate of speed, hugging the ground before disappearing below the top of the skinwalker ridge. So weird. The appearance of the supernatural around the bottom hollow makes sense with the context of the Ute belief. According to Jones, amongst the Ute springs and certain waterways were reservoirs of negative power. Um, there were evil spirits or evil sprites that would rise up from out of the water and drag you in. So sprites are like fairies. So that is the story of Skinwalker Ranch. Just very little of the story. Like I said, if you guys want more context please go check out on Hulu and Discovery Skinwalker Ranch. It It's absolutely insane. And a lot of people say if you're Native American and you go on Skinwalker territory, you're attacked more than you would be somebody who's not. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And I'm telling you what, the guards that stand there today with guns and rifles, if they don't believe in what's happening, then then what's with the guns and rifles? That's all I have to say. Um, 
So let's read some stories from people um, who have come across skinwalkers. The first one um, is called Skinwalker is Watching Me. My grandmother on my mother's side has always been very superstitious for lack of the better word. Superstitious. Um, she's not religious, but she does believe in a lot of the paranormal stuff. Her mother was full-blooded Navajo and her father was Irish. Either way, she'd never been anywhere east of Montana and she grew up in Nevada. One year uh, when she was in grade school, she went to visit her most of she went to visit her comma. Most of the visit was pretty uneventful comma. Typically boring old people stuff, except she always kept her curtains drawn shut and would always peek out the window when someone asked what she was doing. She would simply reply, Skinwalker is watching me. But she said this in Navajo um, language. So I'm not going to read that off because I do not want to butcher it. Okay. Um, this went on for nearly an entire visit until a few days before we were due to leave. My grandma and my then baby brother is now 19 were in the front yard that evening planting flowers. And all of a sudden my grandmother starts shouting, insert little brother's name here. Get away from that creature. It's not safe. Of course, being in Nevada, we all assumed that my brother had found a scorpion or a rattlesnake. So we all ran. Uh, so we all ran outside to see my grandmother clutching my little brother and shaking in terror against the side of the house. Standing out in the yard uh, was a large black Great Dane sized dog. It was staring at my grandmother with an intensity I've never seen before. It looked up at us, gave a little huff, and bounded off. I don't remember if it moved unusual fast or not, but I do remember it had really deep yellow eyes. There's the yellow eyes again, guys. Uh, when my mother asked my grandmother what had happened, she kept repeating, the skinwalker has found me. She moved a couple weeks after that. What the fuck? That's so crazy, guys. Like, that is so crazy. That is so freaky. What? The skinwalker has found me? Like, if my grandma said that, I would probably crap myself and be like, what? <laughs> um, story two, on the res alone at night. My uncle and cousin saw a large deer on the side of the road. When they got closer, it hopped over the fence like a, a bipedal man. One time driving back from Gall Gallup, my dad saw an old Navajo woman walking on the side of the road, and when he slowed to offer her a ride, she took off in into the plains quickly in inhuman speed. Once when I was a kid, my family was at my aunt's house, which was in this rural secluded area when we were toyed with by a few entities. They would make animal noises, and when we looked into the direction from which the noises were coming, they would turn a flashlight on and off. The noises would come from all directions in increasingly shorter successions. Usually when I'm here on the reservation visiting alone at night, I will feel the presence of evil and dread. Panic and paranoia will wash over me, and, all of, and, and as sudden as it comes, it will leave. Um, it moved like a, like a toy rocking horse. My uncle is Mexican and Native American. This happened um, in the Mojave Desert in Southern California. He was driving around with his girlfriend late at night, and they saw something that looked like a huge black dog on the side of the road. He slowed down, and the dog began crossing the road. Instead of walking like a normal dog would, this thing moved like a toy rocking horse. It said stopped in the middle of the road and stared at them, and its eyes had red glow. My uncle is the most badass person I know, and it scared the crap 
crap out of him. Yeah, that would scare the crap out of me too. Uh, it doesn't mean your uncle's not a badass, but that would scare the crap out of me too. All right, the next story. They ran away on their back legs. So this happened about 12 years ago. My family owns a farm in the heart of an Indian reservation. One winter, I was home for Christmas, taking care of the farm while my parents were away Christmas shopping. As I was home by myself, way late in the night, I hear all the crows freaking out. Oh, sorry, cows freaking out. I knew it had to be the wild dogs uh, that were rampant in the area. So I throw on some boots, grab a shotgun, load it up, and head out to the field. This was a perfect scenario for a horror movie. It was cloudy, but there was a full moon, and it was breaking through the clouds just right to light up all the snow. Sounds beautiful. I ran out in the middle of the field, and just in time to see two dogs, they were standing up facing each other and fighting. I think perfect two for one. So I pump a, a shell into the chamber and Mr. 12 and Mr. 12 gauge, and then it happened. The two dogs heard the rack. They both stopped, looked over at me, and ran away on their back legs. Immediately, I froze, and every ghost story about skinwalkers and all the other native legends I grew up flew through my mind. Kept keep in my mind, and um, keep in mind, I am a white guy. And up until then, these were all just boogeyman stories the native kids like to tell us to scare us. That night, they became real to me. Okay, so yeah. Um, why he didn't shoot, I have absolutely no idea because if I saw two dogs stand up and run away at non-human speed, what the crap? So the next and last story is going to be, it had a dog's body, but human hands and feet. Um, I was spending a month at my cousin's at my grandma's house. It was in August and my cousin's ages ranged from 10 to 15. And I was the oldest being 15. I was staying uh, with a 10, 13 and 14 year old. We stayed up telling scary stories often, but one night, a few weeks in, we decided to make a campfire out back. My grandma's house was in the rural suburbs. The neighbors, um, the neighbors aren't too far when you're driving down the road to their house, but in the backyard, it's thick forest with man-made paths through it. Each house is so on a hill. Uh, each house is on a hill. So only part of the basement was actually underground. This isn't important in, until later though. So we're towards the east side of the yard in a smallest patch of small-ish patch of open land. You couldn't see the neighboring yards from there. And there were probably three quarters a mile on each side of us that belonged to my grandmother. It was maybe 11 at night when we were playing Truth or Dale after telling scary stories. My 14-year-old cousin dared me and my 13-year-old to go walk through the pass for 10 minutes or so. I said yes right away as I wasn't easily scared and rather level-headed, but my younger cousin was a bit more hesitant. We didn't bring a flashlight because it wasn't pitch black yet. Um, we could see enough to not die. It's kind of extreme. <laughs> we were walking through the paths for about five minutes um, and could barely see the fire through the trees. When we decided to turn in the middle of the path, there was a large dog-like creature hunched over with his front hands on an, uh, from an inch from the ground. What I remembered most was how his eyes were so fucking bright white and it was humanoid dog shape with a human-like head, but a dog-like body with, but with human hands and feet. 
It looked right at us, and I know I was paralyzed with fear as it dashed away the opposite way from us, towards the creek, and ran through the yard. Eventually, my cousin and I screamed, bloody effing murder, and the other cousins and my grandma ran to us. I don't remember much here because I was really disoriented and couldn't think properly, but I but I did wake up in bed, so I assumed that I was brought into the house. All the kids slept in the basement and a big room with a sliding glass door to the outside. As the room was on the side that wasn't underground, my bed was pressed against the big glass window where I could see my cousins playing outside down below. The house is in Michigan, so it gets slightly chilly even in the end of August. And there was a slight breeze, so I put on a jacket, ran to join them outside, skipping uh, breakfast and not wanting to miss out on anything fun. When I got down, uh, when I got down, I could tell they weren't playing, but rather running to get my grandma. Her dogs, both of them were dead ripped up. That night we went uh, to bed early. I woke up at maybe two in the morning because I felt something hit my head. My cousins were all sitting on the bed uh, opposite of me on the other side of the room. There was one bunk bed and two double beds and the double beds um, for, were for me and my 14 year old cousin. They were being quiet and staring at me. The 13-year-old nodded his head towards the window and, and froze. Uh, I froze. They all looked afraid. I turned my head slightly to the side and saw a really messed up looking face pressed to the window with gaping eyes looking down at me. I screamed so fucking loud and it bolted. My grandma called the police uh, after I told her what had happened. They found nothing. I went home after that and have never been there during the night again. Oh what that literally sounds like a nightmare like a complete nightmare that you would wake up from like so in conclusion skinwalkers are very scary and it seems like a lot of people see them like wolves or dog-like creatures um with human hands that's very terrifying so I'm hoping that this brings some light to skinwalkers. I know that there's not a lot of um, stories behind them because of the secrets that the Navajos want to keep and don't want us to know about it, which respectfully, I get that. You know, they want to keep certain things to themselves. Um, but yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of Skinwalkers. Um, you know, I want you guys to leave comments and let me know what you think. Have you guys experienced any skinwalker sightings? in your life. And if you have, I want to know about them, please. Cause these are quite terrifying. <laughs> these are terrifying. And I hope to go investigate skinwalkers one day. I really, really do. Cause I really feel like this would be interesting for my paranormal career. Um, and I would love that. So if anybody has any hookups with any land that has skinwalkers on it, please let me know. I'll come investigate. Um, yeah, it would be really interesting. So anyway, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, night, evening, morning, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Um, I just want to say I love you guys so much. Um, please check out my new website, uh, lunaparanormal.com. That's L-U-N-A paranormal.com. I do have a new booking site up um, as well as my blog. Um, so many cool blogs, uh, so many helpful tips, um, some you know dirty, dark secrets about being in the paranormal and psychic mediumship. So go check that out if you guys want more creepy stuff from me. Um, so until next time, um, I hope you guys stay healthy and stay strange and unusual. Don't be sad, spooky listener. Head on over to lunaparanormal.com. That's L-U-N-A paranormal.com, where you can get your spooky fix of Luna 24-7. And until next time... I hope you guys stay strange and unusual.